Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a friend, doyen of advertising and branding, and someone who helped me launch the Guardian brand in India, Swapan Seth. Swapan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ashutosh. Pleasure. Uh, Swapan is a writer. He was the youngest creative director in the history of Indian advertising. He's a brand conductor, a communication creator, thinkfluencer, marketer, marketing advisor, and a consumer creator. He's also a columnist, a best-selling author, an art collector, a travel writer, and a wine collector. My goodness, how do you find time for all this? <laughs> but Swapan, let's start with something that I've read about you, uh, you know, in, in your profile. And I'm going to start with this quote of David Brooks, uh, The Moral Bucket List, where it says, it occurred to me that there were two sets of virtues, the resume of virtues and the eulogy virtues. The resume virtues are the skills you bring to the marketplace. The eulogy virtues are the ones that are talked about at your funeral, whether you were kind, brave, honest, or faithful, were you capable of deep love. Please give me your perspective on eulogy virtues that one must aspire for or work towards. So let me tell you a very, very interesting thing that happened the day before yesterday. There was a girl who I, I, I didn't know her very well. I just probably met her once in my life when both of us were trainees and, and, and she had just launched a book the day before yesterday. And she, she called me in the morning and said, uh, will you read my book? I said, of course I will. Mm. And uh, gradually Ashutosh, over the, over the day, she started posting uh, little things on her Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. And she said things like, I've been stalking this guy for ages. I've been reading everything that he writes. And at the end of the day, when I saw all the stories, I kind of welled up. Mm -hmm. The point I'm trying to make is that I've always believed that, that, that your life or, or what you should be remembered for is, is not a subset of what you've done. Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually a function of what you've done to others. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I've always believed that, that my greatest, whatever little, accomplishment in life is centered around the fact that I that I work with some fabulous people who are today doing much, much better things than I can ever imagine. And uh, and I think that's what you need to be remembered for. It's it's a legacy you leave is the legacy. I mean, the legacy you lead is the legacy you leave. So I think it's very, very important to to lead a very good legacy and leave a very good legacy. So I'm not a I'm not a great fan of a guy who's who's made 6.8 billion yesterday. Of course, I'm a fan of hers. Mm. But I think that there's much more. And, and I think... Um, uh, my, my brother and I used to play this little trick once every year and we would say, okay, five words on your tombstone. And, and he would think and he said, oh, shit, what will it be? He said, what do you think of yours? I said, oh, he was a nice guy. Mm. I think that's, that's very important. And, and David, uh, David Brooks, who is my favorite author mm. anytime in the world, uh, th that particular book is an absolute Bible as far as I'm concerned. Because it talks about how we forgive ourselves easily, how we're no longer a meritocracy as far as values are concerned, how we're concerned about, you know, achieving the next milestone in terms of, you know, I'll become that big. And I was never, ever interested in becoming a big agency or a big guy. Mm -hmm. So there was this lovely phrase, and says, so I think that's, that's very important. And I've, and I've always tried to, try to manicure my little garden of life with the tools of, you know, are you going to be nice? Of course, I'm not the nicest guy. And, on earth but you know will you be will you be compassionate with people will you be understanding with people mm. and uh, 
I've, I've done that. So when, when I look back and I look at the Nadish Ramachandrans and the Anurajas of the world, mm. that to me makes me really, really proud of myself. It's not about the brands I worked on. It's, it's the people I worked with. And, and, the, and, and, and the funny thing is that if I call them even now, mm. if I ask them for any help, I know they will just come in a second. And I think that's, that's really the eulogy. And, yeah. and you know, it, it's, uh, you know, if you were to think of writing one's eulogy, it's probably one of the most difficult things in the world. Is. How it do is. you want the world to remember you? Imagine, try and write yours in five words. It's damn tough. It's so someone tough. sent me this very interesting one, which was the tombstone of a hypochondriac. <laughs> and it was, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, Brilliant. So, so moving on. You know, yeah. you've had an amazing career in advertising and achieved dizzying heights at a very young age. You worked with Sir Martin and Ranjan Kapoor. And Ranjan, incidentally, was a very close friend when we used to live in Singapore. Oh, fantastic. So I've known him, we used to know him very well, then, Jimmy oh. and Ranjan. Yeah, yeah. But I'd love to get your uh, understanding of what have been some of your key learnings from these two doyens. So, contrary to what the whole world thinks, I think Martin is the finest fairest and kindest man that I know. Mm. Okay, and, and those are not words that are normally ascribed to Martin, but uh, I've had some absolutely delicious experiences with him. Mm. Uh, when my first child was born, half an hour after he was born, a bunch of flowers came to the hospital in Calcutta from London. Mm -hmm. I asked him, how did you know? He says, it was my job to know. Mm -hmm. um, there's a very interesting story about Martin. Sorel was not the family's surname. Mm -hmm. The family surname was actually a Polish surname. Okay. But his father felt very insecure about having a Polish uh, surname in, in those times in England. So he stood outside a bookstore and he saw a book called Sorel and Son. Okay. And he decided to change his name to Sorel. Wow. I looked for this book, Ashutosh, for about decades. I think it was in the mid, I mean, it was in the early 2000. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had this customary habit, or rather Martin had this customary habit that if you landed in London, you would call him up. Martin would never speak to you one-on-one. -on -one. There mm -hmm. would always be an assistant on the line. Mm -hmm. And therefore, he would ask him, saying, Louis, swapping his hair, does he need any bookings, any theater bookings? So I said, listen, I'm having a bit of a problem. So he said, tell me, what is it? I said, I can't find that book, Sorel and Son. So he said, Louis, give him my copy. Mm -hmm. wow. And the conversation ended. And of course, Louis called me back, says, this is easier said than done, because he's going to wake up 10 years later and says, where's my copy? And if I tell him I've given it to Swapun, he will mm -hmm. kill me. Mm -hmm. To cut a long story short, they finally found a vintage bookstore. And I still have a copy of that book signed by Martin. So, so those really are the stories. And, and even 2018, when I decided to shut Equus, uh, I called him up in March and I said that, listen, I really want to end it because I'm very, very exhausted and I don't want to do this anymore. And he said, do you want anything from us? I said, nothing, just peace of mind and an everlasting friendship. And, and, and that's what I treasure to this day as far as Martin is concerned. So he always had my back and, and that was very, very interesting. And, and, and the other interesting part, Ashok, is that Suhail and I only dealt with Martin and Ranjan. We didn't deal with the rest of WPP mm. because the shareholders agreement was signed by Martin himself. Mm. And, and therefore, you know, when, when you're dealing with those two people, it, it, it opens up the world to a very, very different kind of a world. Mm. I've done interviews with him on a Blackberry at four o'clock in the morning. So I've had some fantastic memories as far as Martin is concerned. And I still treasure them to this day. Fabulous. And uh, your learnings from Ranjan? I had the biggest battle of my life with Ranjan for the longest. Okay. okay. That was when Ranjan was running a bill and I was a young little uh, arrogant brat at that time. And he was an older arrogant brat at that time. Uh, but over the years, when he became the country head of WPP, 
And after I'd write, and after I'd finished uh, writing my first book, which he took a shine on, mm. he and I became very, very good friends. And he would often tell me that, you know, your book is by my bedside and I read it every day. Wow. And then once again, always had my back, was always there to help me. Um, several years ago, uh, WPP wanted to conduct a forensic audit, mm -hmm. which is standard practice, which they did with every agency of theirs. Mm. But to me, it was very, very humiliating. So mm. I called up Ranjan and I said, listen, I'm going to shut shop and I'm going to leave this. Mm. So he said, but a forensic audit is part, part, part for the course. I said, no, for me, it suggests that you do not trust me. Mm. And then they went ahead and canceled that forensic audit. But the most beautiful thing that I will remember about my relationship with Ranjan is that when he passed on, at the memorial service, a few people spoke. There was Piyush, there was Kapil, there was Bharat, and there was Mr. Adani. And, and I spoke at that funeral service. And that to me is a singular honor to be able to, to speak at that thing. I mean, who on earth was I? And, but yes, I have very, very fond memories of both Ranjan and, and Martin and Jimmy and Tina. Amazing, amazing, phenomenal. So now let's move to your next avatar, you know, as, as a teacher. And you and I have this common link with Vasant Valley because both my sons also studied at Vasant Valley. Oh, super. For a long time back. Okay. Uh, so you taught curiosity at Vasant Valley. And incidentally, I've done a two-part series of interviews with Arun Kapoor also. Oh, I'll send, I'll send you the link. One of my favorite people. Absolutely. So uh, tell me what went into curating a series of lectures on curiosity. It's a very difficult subject to talk about. So I learned three new things every day. Mm -hmm. So that means in 365 days, you, uh, you learn 1,095 new things every year. Mm -hmm. That's a very strong recurring deposit to make every year. Of your life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and if, you, if I've done it for about 30, uh, 30 years, I've done about 32,000 new things, which I've learned over the years. Mm -hmm. I think curiosity is, is one of the, the greatest gifts that a man has. And, and I think the, in, in my estimation, the only way that you can keep yourself alive. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've always been very, very fond of children. I've, I've always found it very, very easy to talk to them. And uh, I was at school one day to pick up the kids and I told Arun, I said, you know, I'd love to teach. So he said, uh, uh, what do you want to teach? I said, I know you tell me. He said, you don't want to teach something off the uh, curriculum. I said, absolutely not. He said, do me a favor, teach them everything you know. Mm. Now that was a tough one because uh, where would I start? But actually, I taught them Chopin, I taught them Muslim art, I taught them the piano. You know, James Road, the famous pianist, was following me on Twitter. He did a live session with the kids in, in Vasan Valley. So I, I taught them a bunch of subjects. Uh, what did they imbibe from that? I don't know. But I do know that the day I taught Chopin, four parents called me up and said, Ki aapne aaj, uh, ko ke mein tha. <laughs> and, and my entire point is that even if four kids go back and talk about Chopin or Chopin to their parents, mm -hmm. the world will become that much more a better place. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to this day. Uh, and and, and I, I believe that uh, curating curiosity can be a never-ending and fascinating exercise for, for anyone. Yeah. And I'm sure based on what you've just said, uh, viewers and listeners will take away three new things every day. I mean, that is such a powerful message you are giving, uh, Swapan, and I hope... One can do it even if 100 days a year, when you've done it 365 days a year. But you can do it, Ashutosh, if you put your mind to it. I mean, you know, I, it's it's very easily done. It's just that you have to tell yourself at the end of the day, did I learn three new things? And I would probably by the end of this conversation learn two or three Absolutely. with you. And, you know, so so that's, that's really it. But is it something that I have at the back of my mind every day? Of course I do. And I tick it off every evening saying it's been done today. Amazing. Amazing discipline.
So now let's move to the next part, which is uh, your avatar as an author and a columnist. Tell me about your first book, which is that is all I have to say. So, you know, uh, I had two teenage sons who obviously had no interest in, in sitting down with their father at that point in time. It's not the matter that now they have all the interest to sit down with their father, which is a bit uh, lovely and strange. Mm -hmm. But I just, I just put together a few uh, perspectives on, on certain things in life, like my perspective on, on friendship, on love, on, on brotherhood, on, on marriage, on compassion, all of that. And I just wrote it for a lark. And, and this is a friend of mine called Priya Kapoor, who's a publisher with Roly Books. And she had a look at the manuscript and said that, uh, why don't we publish this book? But I, and she said, uh, to which I responded, I said, but who on earth would be interested in reading this? And she said, you'd be surprised. But once again, Ashutosh, great stories with this book. I, I got a call out of the blue mm. from someone uh, from Pune and who said, you know, my, my son passed away from cancer. He was 24. And he passed away three days ago. And I used to read from your book to him. Mm. And uh, he wanted me to distribute your book at his Jotha. And that kind of crushes you because you, you, you wrote it for a separate reason. It traveled in a different direction. Even today, some people come and tell me about it. And I said, gosh, that's about 11, 12 years ago. But uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. It was, it was a very small book. I keep telling people that Charles Sachi and I are perhaps the laziest people in the world who get away with uh, books of about 40, 50 pages. But it was a wonderful experience, yes. And I vowed that I would never write again, which is why I said, this is all I have to say. And then, of course, I, I briefly changed my mind more recently. Uh, welcome to your book. But, you know, uh, you just spoke about both your sons uh, and how they get more time. I, I always used to tell both my sons that at 16, they always thought their father knew nothing. And at 21, they said, how did this old man learn so, so much so quickly in five years? You know? Fantastic. So absolutely, absolutely the same perspective. And I sense I get the same feeling and so do they. <laughs> but, you know, actually, we sit down at the dinner table and I'm just not a financial guy. But like I keep telling people during the pandemic, people learned how to make sado and, and, and learn other things. But, but I kind of learned the stock market. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating that today at dinner, we discuss, you know, Nika and Mahindra and Mahindra and you know crypto and all of that but yeah I think you as you grow you learn and and I think as you learn you become more of a friend of theirs because they suddenly feel that you're participating in conversations that are more relevant to them absolutely and yeah absolutely. I think you know and I know you've done it because I, I can sense it and you've said it but I think relevance is, is one of the most important things being relevant to your colleagues to your parents to your children to your wife to your friends I think that is that is something that Everyone needs to work on. Well said. So coming back to your books, you know, you uh, have been commissioned to write a new book by Simon & Schuster. Uh, I'm not sure if you are at liberty to speak about it, but if you are, do share some details. Well, it's supposed to be a book in my life. And, and once again, I hardly found my life to be very interesting. But, but yeah, you know, I, I, I started a career very young. I, I worked in different geographies. Mm. Um, I, was a, I was a rank bachelor in a building full of air hostesses from Cathay Pacific mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that had its own uh, benefits and yeah. you know, advantages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've, I've worked with, with, with a bunch of people mm -hmm. and I've, I've, like I told you before, I've, I've worked in younger organizations as well mm -hmm. and larger and small. So it does make for a, for an interesting read. I also believe that there are certain lessons that I've learned mm -hmm. and that I've applied very rigorously to what I do. Uh, I'm, I'm a very rigorous guy by nature. So uh, you know, I, I never believed that I ran my own company. I never did. It was always a company which which was basically owned by my brother and and Martin and everything. So uh, 
I, I have a great deal of accountability in, in, in what I do. I'm accountable to my clients. I mean, I woke up at 6.30 because I was accountable to be accountable to you mm-hmm. to be here at 10.15 and stuff like that. So I think the, the book should be fun. Mm-hmm. I put it on hold for a while since my mother passed away, mm-hmm. but uh, I plan to get back to it pretty soon. It should be a fun read. Absolutely. I look forward to you know, buying a copy as soon as it's out in the market. But uh, Swapan, let's now move to yet another uh, passion of yours, which is art. Uh, You uh, started or founded Art Tiger, the country's first public and private art collection. And you are amongst the largest private art collectors. What was your motivation to start collecting art? You know, I'm in advertising and I I have a fair sense of appreciation of design. Hmm. So so art is something that you would uh, normally, you know, gravitate towards. Uh, of course, I never had the money, but I had two very, very fascinating people, a lady called uh, uh, Mrs. Mehra, Geeta Mehra at Sakshi Art Gallery and, and Mrs. Sarkar. And, and they kind of inducted me into to buying art, which was inexpensive at that, that one time. I mean, I bought Sousa's at 10,000 rupees and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I, we gradually built up an art collection. Mm-hmm. Our art collection is very different um, because I always wanted the art collection to to mirror the technology of our times. Mm. I mean, I'm a firm believer that you must collect your age. And therefore, if you're collecting for your children, you must collect for their age. So, you know, we have a very vast collection that, that embraces digital art, sound, uh, video. You know, people are talking about NFTs and digital art now. We bought digital art about 12 years ago or 15 years ago when it was completely like bizarre. Mm. And even today, the joke is that if there's something really bizarre in a gallery, mm. chances are that Sri and Swapan will buy it. But yeah, we've been able to build a collection. It's, it's nice. It's, it's vast in terms of the repertoire. It is not vast in terms of value. It could never be if you're working. But uh, yeah, we're extremely proud of it. Uh, except my sons continue to believe that uh, their father and mother buy all kinds of strange things. But our tiger was a very, very important thing. Mm-hmm. It was an absolutely unoriginal idea. It was a direct takeoff from the elephant parade, which, which happened. Um, two friends of mine and two people who I adore and I work famously well with a lady called Aprajita Jain who runs Nature Mort, India's largest gallery, another lady called Nansa Beg. And we decided to create these life-size tigers and sell them to corporates and, you know, have them installed in various public spaces and then raise the money for the Ranthambhur Foundation. Mm-hmm. We got some fantastic support from Mrs. Gandhi mm-hmm. and Mrs. Dixit at that point in time. And it was good because it was, it was a great project. We could go give back when we involved the children of Asan Valley as well. So it was, it was one of the first and few private and public art initiatives in the country. Mm. And uh, I'd love to do something again, but, you know, we keep slipping up in terms of finding ideas. Fascinating. So, you know, we also have a, a fairly large collection of art, and I often wonder what I'll do with it, because every time I tell my sons and my daughters-in-law that please take one piece back every year, <laughs> they just, uh, you know, listen to me, and it's from one year out the other, you know. So what so do you do my- with it? So my question to you is, what is your view on the millennials and the Gen Zs uh, and their interest in art as a collectible? So I think they've suddenly become super excited with this NFT business. Okay. And with this NFT business, I mean, you know, I hear these conversations and, you know, Prajita has launched a different portal called Terrain Art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, see, Ashraf, you know this better than me. They are seeking value. And they're seeking value, which has a relevance in their lives, be it lifestyle or otherwise. Mm. I've always said that art will thrive the moment you democratize it. Mm. If art is going to be the prerogative of the rich, art will die over time. Mm. 
the NFTs and all of these allow you to pick up pieces of work, I'd say about $100 or even $200. I think that's fantastic. And the million, millennials are going to be buying it and they're going, to be, they're going to be contributing to the rebirth of a more democratic collection of art and, and stuff like that. Of course, is so, you know, now you have everyone doing an NFT. I got a message from someone saying, you know, I've done a few NFTs. I think that's a bit daft. I agree. I, agree. Uh, I think we just need to calm down a bit and not everyone is an artist and should be. But uh, millennials are going to warm up to art and I think NFTs are going to be the gateway to that entire marriage between the millennial and art. And it's a glorious thing to do. Fascinating. So I have time for three, three more questions uh, from you. Uh, my next question to you is that a few years ago, you decided to move to the hills, um, away from the mad rush of Gurgaon city that you and I live in. What was your motivation to move and how has the experience been? So, you know, I, I'm, a bit of, I'm a bit of a socially challenged guy and uh, uh, I, I've never ever felt that my work uh, requires me to either socialize with my clients or, or meet them very often. Mm-hmm. Um, I also believe that, you know, the internet has done the kind of thing it's done and therefore, you know, geography is now history. Correct. Uh, and, and, and therefore, I thought, you know, moving to the hills would be a very, very fine idea. Like, keep telling people, I need two things, wife and Wi-Fi. But our mother was not very well. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it was impractical for, for me to completely kind of move there. But uh, beginning day after tomorrow, mm-hmm. I am going to make a sincere effort to be able to do that. Because uh, I think uh, we were just comparing the air quality in Delhi was 361. And where we live, it was about 54. Wow. And uh, I think it's possible to be able to do that. And I think it's, it's, it's also possible to be very comfortable being with yourself. And I know how comfortable you are with your wife. And therefore, I know that a guy like you can do it as well. Okay. It's, it's not that difficult. I think, uh, I think it's all about the choices you want to make. Okay. And if you can make that choice, it's a healthier, much better choice. Well said. Well said. So two more questions. Uh, my next question is that for someone who's creative, someone who's taught, written, art, does so many different things, who or what inspires you? I'm inspired by, by everyone. I'm inspired by, I'm inspired by listening to you. I, so I'm, I'm a raccoon. So uh, every night between nine to 12, I, I switch on my computer and I seek inspiration and I can find inspiration anywhere. I mean, you know, I'm a people stalker. So there is someone who I stalk every day for a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been stalking Shah Rukh Khan for the past 10 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've stalked Vindi Banga. I've stalked, you know, uh, Rakesh Chundunwala. I've stalked various people. Mm-hmm. So I, I go looking for inspiration. I, I read inspirational stuff. I watch inspirational stuff. Mm-hmm. I listen to inspirational stuff. Uh, I'm very clear about the noise in my life. There is, there is absolutely no room for it. I mean, I'm, I'm very clear about what I don't need to read or see. And therefore, you know, when you're clear about what you don't need to know and see, you end up, uh, you end up watching and listening to to what you should see. And and I do things purely out of enjoyment. And I'm a I'm brutally transactional guy. I mean, I will come to your home if I believe that it will be an evening in which I will learn three things or one or two, and maybe tell you two things. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I just wouldn't go because I would just feel that you know I'd be trading that time with my time on the computer, and I'd rather not do that. It's a bit selfish, but no, it your, your, your call entirely. Yeah. And my last question is a question on failure. Uh, I've often said this, and I have a new book which came out recently on failure. 
parents in uh, india south asia or asia don't teach children it's okay to fail we are always told come first in class go to the head of the line and that manifests itself in our behavior patterns yet we fail we learn so my question to you is what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes so firstly i think success and failure are the best of friends okay unknown to you and me they meet up every evening and they say okay this is how ashu treated me success this is how swapan treated failure okay so they talk to each other they know each other very very well and 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 think about it success's greatest failure is pride and failure's biggest enemy i mean as biggest success is humility right. uh, i failed so many times and uh, you know i failed in class 8 Mm. Uh, you know uh, it was it was very very humiliating to to fail in class 8 but my parents never treated me any different mm. and mm. i have never ever asked my children for their report card and i mean i've never believed in that i i always believe that at the end of the day there are only two things we can give our children roots and wings and not marks and accolades or or pats in the back mm. and and they turn out fine i think you need to te- you need to treat failure and success in exactly the same way and and then you're good to go uh, my life has been a, a array of failures mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, you know you you mentioned i'm i mean i was looking at the note that you sent you'd mentioned success for me success is just one word respect mm-hmm. i mean you know uh, i was seeing the padmas that day and you know the, uh, that lady tulsi the you know the forest uh, mm-hmm. whisperer i mean that is respect is that success of course it's a padma it's great success but i think the greatest success that you can ever achieve is is the fact that are you respected by people at the end of the day very interesting swapan on that note uh, thank you so much it's been such my a pleasure. privilege speaking to you my pleasure thank you for talking about so many different things to me thank and you. Uh, i know you were probably heading back into the hills i am tomorrow morning uh, <laughs> and uh, you know thank you for talking to me and i look forward to keeping in touch Absolutely. and seeing you soon one of these days thank you so much take care Thank you for listening to the brand called You Video Cast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.